0: Welcome everybody to Catfish Weekly, presented by Whiskerware Wear Apparel, along with Doc Lang. I'm Lyle Stokes, and tonight we have the pleasure of having Indiana Hunter's own Jason Lone on the show with us. How's it going, Jason? Good. How's it going, guys? Not too bad. Not too bad. Doc, it's cold out there in Ohio.
1: Yes, it is. It's about about 34 degrees right now.
0: Well, I'm going to tell you, and I told you before the show... We was over 60 today, no wind. It was very pleasant in the state of Missouri. (laughs) I know that's killing you. Yeah, it was a beautiful day. Uh, I know it's coming to an end, but uh, guys, if you haven't been out fishing and the weather's like that, you need to go because even though it's deer season – we're going to be losing this good weather before long, and uh, you need to take advantage of it while you can. Jason, I know you've been deer hunting a bunch. I've been, uh, been doing a lot of hunting, just no killing. <laughs> well, you know, you've got uh, you got not much longer left in your, your gun season, and, you, of course, you have archery. Then I think that's your mainstay anyhow, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I haven't taken a gun out this year on bow hunting all the way through.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I enjoyed the bow hunting uh, a lot uh, until I couldn't pull a bow back. But uh, of course my gun hunting can always, for the last several years that I deer hunted consisted of handguns. Uh, it is, I killed so many deer in so many different States that a rifle or a shotgun is, is no thrill for me anymore. So I used that contender single shot, uh, handgun and, uh, I enjoy that as much as archery, but uh, not quite.
2: Always a crossbow. That shoulder's hurting. I love my, my crossbow. crossbow.
0: One, in fact, I loaned it to my son. He wanted to try it this year, and uh, uh, they're devastating. Uh, they really are. I see the one that you have over there from Native crossbows, I know that's – really nice. Uh, mine's probably five or six years old now. It's probably outdated, but it still does a bang-up job for me. And uh, 50 or 60 yards is nothing to them things, just absolutely nothing.
2: Not at all. Not at
0: all. They're, just, they're, they're amazing, but uh, guys that have problems with their shoulders like I do or other disabled things that keeps them from pulling a bow back, uh, that's a great alternative way to uh, deer and whatever kind of animal shoot. I, I've shot squirrels with them everything else. The timber arrows do get a little pricey after you miss and they ended up in the top of a tree or flinging out to the woods somewhere. So, um, But they're a lot of fun, and, and I know that you enjoy that. But you should be about ready to start getting back out
2: on the lake. I, I'm missing it. Without a doubt, I'm missing it. I like the cold-blooded fish.
0: yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, I know, Doc, we, we've talked about this a number of times, and it's one of the best times of the year to to catch uh, not only good numbers of fish, but quality fish is in the wintertime. And and when I say quality fish, I'm not talking necessarily about 50, 60, 70, 80, 100-pound fish, but whatever the biggest and most quality fish is in whatever body of water you're fishing in. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I know that uh, – uh, Doc, you have you've been on some really, really nice channel cat. Yeah, the last and, couple of weeks. Uh, up, I've, I've been, been I've seen some pictures of some guys posting some giant blues the last day or two and, and a lot of flatheads. There's catching a lot of flatheads and, and for my area, this there's a lot of flatheads being caught late in the year this year, and it has to have something to do with the warmer water temperatures. Yeah. Jason, you fish a lot out on Schaefer, don't you?
2: We fish Schaefer all the time. It's our one of the best bodies of water we have close to the house. It's a small reservoir. Yeah, it's full deep. of, it's you full of this, fish, is it? It's full of fish. <laughs> it's chucked full. But this time of year, it just lights up. The water temperature starts dropping. They get down in the deeper holes. First 30 feet. 5, 27-foot yeah. fish. It's a good bait, bait fish, in there?
1: Is there a lot of good bait fishing? Is there a lot of good bait fish in that lake, Jason?
2: Yeah, Doc, that that lake is full of shad. I mean, it is just completely full of shad. And that's what we use most of the time when the water's cold.
1: Yeah. Well, 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 it's definitely the one to use now
0: i i think that shad for the as a general rule is probably one of the better wintertime baits but if it's if you're fishing a lake and, and we're really close to lake ozark and truman palm de terre uh if those lakes don't that that i'm fish uh or we're close to they don't have skipjack in them and if that's not native to them i don't know anybody that does any good with skipjack or any of that. Uh, stuff that's not natural to those bodies of water that really does any good with it. Now, I, I'm, do. I'm, I do. I <laughs> do. Do you really?
1: Yeah, but I'm using them little tiny ones, them little three to four inch ones. Boy, they, they will pulverize them things this time of year, really? and that's the only time I use them.
0: Hmm. I'll be. I've tried skipjack on the lakes up here, and they just absolutely have done no good whatsoever. You can fish with shad right beside it. Uh, especially in cold water, but I've done it in, in warm weather too. And skipjack just does not work for me. And it may be my presentation, or I'm not in the right spot, or whatever. And uh, but it just didn't work. Before we get carried along, want to let everybody know that Chuck got tied up at work tonight and couldn't get home in time to do the show. And uh, he let us know early. And uh, you know we was going to talk about the uh transitioning time from fall to winter fishing anyhow. But uh Jason fishes at Schaefer Lake a lot and some other areas out there and and I just thought that it'd be good to get him on here and he could talk about what they do in Indiana and and Doc could help us out on on the Ohio thing and I'll try to do what I can here in Missouri boys right now. When it gets butt raping cold this old man ain't going out and fish. Yeah. I start. My my <laughs>
1: limit is right now. Yeah. It's 35 yeah. degrees mama <laughs> is not going to let me out of the house
0: now Jason he, he's young enough he don't care if it's zero if the water yeah. ain't frozen he'll probably go won't
2: you Jason I have busted ice back in the boat in the water I've done that a few I times I have
0: two to the duck hunt
2: <laughs> yeah we knocked the taillight down last year a- so. <laughs> Well, you have to try it's that with he's new boat. <laughs> I don't know if he let that one happen, but but I'll try to talk him into it this morning. But it's the <laughs> only time we have when there's not skiers everywhere. Yeah. You know, we we fish recreational water.
0: <clears throat> <clears throat> well, well, that's one thing. Right now, I told these you guys before the show that I'm sitting here right now, honest to God, with the window open. Uh, in the shop, because it was so nice today, and it's been open since, I don't know, I got up this morning, which wasn't real early, but uh, I just opened the window, and it's still open, and uh, it's just been a beautiful day, but them days are not, they really are, and I've fished on the Mississippi River around them dams and stuff when it's cold, but me thinking in that is, Chris Chris uh, Cordy and I went, one day when it was 30 degrees or 28 or 30 degrees and we sat below for several hours and the wind wasn't blowing uh, and it was very comfortable out there. I mean, we had winter clothes on, uh, but we, we didn't catch a lot of fish that day. In fact, I'm not even sure we caught a fish, but we had such a good time just sitting out there when neither one of us had been out for a month or two. This was several years ago, and we sat there all afternoon, just had a great time, and uh, conquered a lot of the world's problems. And then when the sun started going in, we loaded a boat up, and went home. We never got cold. We never got uncomfortable. And it was a great day. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll go out on days like that and enjoy the, the day on the water, whether the fish are biting or not. If it's nice, you get out to run around a little bit and see the, the, the fall and winter things that are going, you get to see all the ducks and goose. And one of my favorite things to do is to take a duck and a goose call with me. And, uh, turn them up in the air or something, you know, just, you know, see if you can call them back to you. They most of the time won't light around you without any decoys and in a big, big shiny boat. But uh, you know, it, it's fun to mess with them and, and have things to do. And uh, especially on the lakes when the big old fancy houses, they'll be looking out across their yard thinking, what is this fool doing? He ain't supposed to be out here. But uh, literally they know that we're catching those fish that they neglect and, and don't care anything about. That's a fact. So, so, Doc, what do you uh, what do you do to prepare yourself for wintertime fishing?
1: Uh, get hand warmers out. I use those <laughs> little hand warmers. Uh, use them in my shoes uh, because, like you said earlier, if my feet get cold, I am done. that's a fact it's a lot harder since i've gotten older uh to get out there and move around i I just seem to move a lot slower than what i used to uh but you know as long as i can stay fairly warm i'm in good shape Uh, i love winter fishing i always have uh the (laughs) fisher more like if you're fishing the river the fish are more or less concentrated in, you know, deep holes uh, where there's ledges, generally around a lot of wood Uh, in the lakes. And I haven't been fishing winter fishing in lakes for, I don't know, 10, I mean, you know, I've only been doing it for about 10 years, but on the lakes, uh, mainly because I'm more of a river guy, but uh, on the lakes, you know, I'm finding them in the deep, deeper water the shad start moving deep because uh, they just can't tolerate that cold so and then the cats are right after them after that
0: that's that's exactly right Uh, one thing that i noticed uh years ago about fishing cold water if you can find the bait normally uh the fish are not far away
1: right yeah they're fairly close and i like to use a lot of live bait during the winter time but, you know, finding them. Why know. is it? I guess, I, I don't know. I just uh, seem to really like, i caught a lot of nice fish uh, using live bait during the wintertime. Uh, uh, if, if
0: you're using those live bait, do you cut the tail off of them, or you just hook them and throw them out there the way they are?
1: No, just hook them up there and throw them out there the way they are. So, I don't okay. know if it's a, a trackament. You know, I'll still go ahead and cut them up but i I have at least one live one out there and the, and the, saying know, that. what's that
2: when you're saying that when you're saying you're using live bait and you know this time of year, what's the water temperature you're
1: fishing uh generally somewhere between forty and lower okay. you know i I've thrown my cast net where I thought was water and it just lay on top, you know thinking that. <laughs> It looks, it looks wet, you know, it's got moisture on it. And looked like it was water, but uh, throw that cast net out there. And make a perfect cast, and it's laying on top of ice just sitting there. Oh, man. You know, so, but, you know, generally what I do is I, I drop the trolling motor, and I start looking for them using either a down scan or side scan. And then as soon as I mark a big cloud of them, you know, I take the boat and I rotate it 180 degrees because I'm front I'm throwing from the front of the boat and the fish are actually at the back of the boat so that's you know I just take a trolling motor and just ro- rotate the boat around and let that net fly and usually I can get them you know but that's how that's how I do it I do that on the river I do that on the lake so the very first thing I do is drop that trolling motor and start hunting for them
0: I got a question for you, Doc. I mean, uh, I had a, I had a guy get in touch with me about uh, a, a little project he was working on the other day, and your name got come up in the conversation, and your website uh, hooked on catfish. When you took that picture of all those shed that you had in the net, you remember that? Yeah. Was that yeah. done in all the summertime or the summertime?
1: That was in the
0: Yeah, there was, the man. Yeah,
1: that was in there. That was
0: a load of shad. Yeah, so that was a huge, huge mess of bait. Yeah,
1: actually, Daniel put one on the, on Facebook a video where I marked a bunch and I threw it, and it was a bunch of those big river shad that were, you know, twelve, fifteen inches. He had never seen that many shad uh in one throw, so because he had to help me get the. And I like using those. Those are really good because, you know, they bleed real heavy. And those are great baits. Now, I won't put one of those on live. I'll cut those up. But, you know, they're like James River Shad.
0: Now, you say you won't cut one of those up. Is it because the fish in that you're fishing are too small for bait that size or no blues? or, or uh... Yeah,
1: you know, just, uh, well, the blues are, but... You know it just seems like during the winter time the blues want to chase uh a, uh a cut bait more so than a live bait but i put a i kind of put a live bait out there just as an attractant
0: right right i you know you and i and jason was talking about the the, the video that steve douglas put up the other day with with your buddy out there uh Uh, in in, um virginia yeah yeah. and they was chris was talking about using those live shed and they had some pretty good sight and they caught some really nice flatheads and and my understanding was that video was shot within the last couple of weeks uh so the flatheads are still active and like i say i believe that's due to the fact that the weather's just not been cold this year
1: yeah the water temperature on the river right now is uh, about 55 degrees and that's prime right now that is prime especially for flatheads. and west virginia is well known for its flatheads it is
0: yep it it really has jason is there anything in particular that you guys do out in in indiana when you're fishing those lakes and stuff I, i know you fish some rivers but you guys do a lot of lake fishing
2: we do a lot of reservoir fishing where we're at. Um, our rivers here are small. The two closest ones we've got are be the Walbash and the Kankakee and Neither one of them is very deep where we're at, so we spend a lot of time over on the on Lake Schaefer and Lake Freeman. Have a lot of luck with cut baits. That's why I was asking Doc what his water temperatures were when he said he was using live baits. We throw cut shad.
0: I, I believe that live bait will work year round. There is times when I think cut bait is a better choice than live bait. Oh yeah. But if flatheads are, if flatheads are still active and I know that they're active, I'll have a live bait on someplace every time. Uh, whether it be a bluegill or a live shad or whatever it is. And, and, uh, Doc had fished with us a couple of tournaments this year at, at Mississippi river monsters and monsters on the Ohio. And, uh, uh, I have a, a live bait tank that keeps bait alive. I, I am very confident that uh, year-round, when I get shad in the boat, I'm going to keep part of them at least alive to have one on year-round. Let's face it, them blues and channel cat, they're, they are used to having live shad throughout their time that they're feeding, so... Uh, it would be no different just because it's got a hook in his tail as not, you know. Uh, and besides that, when you have that weight holding them down, they'd be a lot easier for them to catch. So uh, it would be able to tell me if cut bait is working better than live bait or live bait is working better than cut bait. That way you can uh, distinguish how you want to change up your lines. It's sort of like saying, well, I want mine this high bottom. And the next guy says, well, I'm catching all mine right on the bottom. Well, you put them out both ways and see which – which way is working the best for you that day, and then adjust all your lines to whatever is is working. What do you guys think
2: about that? Yeah, I agree with that. Heath and I rarely fish the same rigs. It just doesn't happen. Whoever's catching it, the other guy ends up switching over eventually. But half the time, we we throw (laughs) six rods. We may throw six different rigs out there just to see what's working You know, I
0: I watch a lot of the hunter videos, and a lot of your videos, uh, if you're catching, usually not catching fish, and if he's catching fish, Jason's
2: usually not catching fish. Is that true? That's exactly the way it works. (laughs) If we could ever figure out how to put fish in a boat at the same time, we could do okay with the tournament. (laughs) It doesn't work that way.
0: (laughs) <laughs> I've I've watched you guys' shows and, and and there's a lot of great information on Indiana hunter fishing shows and, and there's some good hunting videos too. But uh, the the fishing videos, it just seemed to me like <clears throat> one and Jason's catching all the fish, and the next time I watch a different video, he's catching all the fish. And, and I guess that trains each one of you to run the video camera for the other one.
2: Oh, he's better at it than I am. There's no doubt. Um, but unfortunately, I get more time behind the camera since he's the guy catching fish. So it's just the way it works. <laughs> just the
0: way it works. <laughs> we've and I know you've had a bunch of stuff going on this year, but we've had a really good time with Heath at the tournaments and stuff this year. And Elena is just she is awesome. to – uh they they work really well together and, and they've had a really good time at some of the bigger tournaments this year and and uh we was really glad to see them maybe you guys you can get back in there and get the fishing some next year and i uh i, I do want to before we get too carried away i want you to tell us how your daughter's doing after her, her stroke that she had and let everybody know how that that's working out
2: brooke's, brooke's doing well um, she's down in purdue right now she's adjusting life down there very well um got the tr- public transit thing all figured out, which is something I'm not smart enough to do. You know, they don't allow her to drive. <laughs> uh, she's in an apartment, having a good time. She's doing well. Uh, I don't know what else to say. I mean, the kid's amazing. The support we got, we I mean, brought it up on Catfish Weekly back when there was a GoFundMe project out for her. We had several people from your viewers turned around and reached out to us we had people from the indiana hunter channel that reached out to us and it, it was a true blessing i mean it, it was great to see people from the catfish community helping out people in the catfish community we we really do appreciate it so thank you for asking
0: well you know uh the thing yes. The instant that happened, the whole world was kind of shocked because it's not that everybody knew who Brooke was; that they everybody was familiar with with Heath and you, and and uh, something like that can be devastating. And she was a trooper right from the beginning. She worked hard to make it work, and and the fact that she's now in college and doing as well as she is is a tribute to everything she stands for. We are all so proud of of her getting along with anyone on the things, and just a bright future for her. I, I really uh, am looking forward to seeing her in some some fishing videos in the future I, I doubt very seriously if she'll be able to give up the outdoor sports she loved them so much no
2: she's got a crossbow hanging in there now and it's eating her up but she can't be out there hunting um, she comes back for a long weekend this weekend and we're going to do everything we can to get her out there if I can keep her warm and uh yeah. On the topic of being cold, she just doesn't deal with the cold well at all. So,
0: <laughs> Great kid, and we're all very happy that she's doing so good. Uh, you know, from what I remember from years past every year, this is the time of the year that you see all the shad gather up into big groups. Uh, yeah. For me... This is the time of the year now through uh, probably February or March to where if if you find bait, you're not going to have problem getting them. They're in big groups, and if you don't hit the center of the of the image on your your depth finder where they're where it's showing you bait fish and big balls of bait fish, if you just hit the edge of it, most of the time you only need to throw it once or twice, and you got enough for the whole day. Is that yeah. what you guys find when you're out getting bait?
2: Yeah. Yeah, it was just a few weeks ago Heath and I were out, and all our typical shad spots, we couldn't find anything. We're throwing the net, and we went out and got over deep water, and the schools were amazing. I mean, just thousands of shad on top, and the fish finder basically turned black. I mean, it couldn't show everything there. And we threw out the net there, one or two throws. We had bait to last us the rest of the day and had bait to put in the freezer for this winter when we can't find it. You're mm-hmm. exactly right. The I bait balls right now are gigantic. I was uh, Cindy and I was fortunate enough to go out last
0: spring, wintertime, spring, sometime with, with uh, uh, Craig's shoemate, and uh, he, we went into this place and found some. And the, the bait ball was so big that when we run over this, uh, Craig just shut the boat down, run to the back, throwed the net over the back of the boat, and we was done we had all the bait we needed for that day in fact he was going the next day and took a bunch of it and put it on ice uh for him and his wife to go out fishing the next day and, and one or two throws is it i mean he it just went over this ball and it was so big they kind of got the net out got to the back of boat it off the back deck and still got just unbelievable and it was big shad you know uh 8 10 12 inch shad uh, just lot of smaller ones in there too, but I mean, the majority of them was, was good size. And now, I, here's a question for both you guys. When, when you find these big old balls of bait, do you notice that the, the four or five, six-inch shad hang together and hang together, or do you find
2: them all mixed together? The small ones on top. It seems like you have to get by the small ones to get to the bigger ones. The the, the, the bigger, bigger ones baseball. on the bottom. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll turn around and throw a, a cast net out there and on the top. I mean, you may catch three or four hundred little two or three inch shad at one time, and it's like you have to be able to get past them before you can find any of the bigger ones.
1: Yeah, and that's what I'm finding. Is that what you're
2: finding?
1: Uh, yeah. Other than you know, I'm mainly I'm looking for mud flats because this time of year, uh, the gizzards like to, you know, get down on in those mud flats cause that, that mud's warm, you know, it's a it's a place for them to, you know, stay warm at. And the bigger ones wanna, they'll be down in there. The, the little guys will be up near the surface. They're either they're stuck on stupid cause they're starting to die. <laughs> getting cold and uh, you know, and, and they're in there. You know, when you find those little guys, you can, uh, you know, I don't know if anybody's ever noticed it, but anytime there's a threat to a shad, they all kind of spin around in circles, and and that's that's the way they protect themselves. And uh, you know, it, it's a piece of cake when you're throwing a, a cast net. If they if they're turning in them circles, you're going to. All you gotta do is get near them and hit them, and you know they they don't scatter like they do in the summertime. But uh, this time of year, I always let that cast net go clear down to the very bottom to where I see the line go slack, and you know. And generally, the little guys will be at the top of the net, and the bigger ones are going to be down, you know, where it pulls up. They'll always be in the outside turn of the net.
0: Well, this, this is the time of the year that when you get into one of those big balls, and I know everybody that fishes goes out and chases their bait about the same way that we all do. Uh, when you get one of them big net fulls and you can't let the rest of them go, don't keep them and try to save all of them. I mean, if you want to keep a few, that's fine, but there's no sense of killing all those fish. Just put them back. That way, the next time you go, they'll still be there. It's just yeah. like any other kind of fish. If you take them all fleet to the natural resources, and, and I've seen guys catch uh, shad like cat in the wintertime and freeze them and then never use them, throw them away in the spring, and you know, just you know, get you some for the next trip or two or whatever, and, and uh, put the rest of them back because they'll just keep going that net isn't going to hurt all of them in fact it'll hurt very few of them if you're not careful and that was chad i I worry about bait fish as much as i do uh catfish and and, uh, it's a resource that uh we need to protect uh, not like we do trophy size or breeding size fish but we need to we need to take care of them that way the next time you go you're
2: always able to get them we've always got to throw a few in the freezer so they freeze them Seems like yeah. when the ice first Flip. comes out in the spring, we do real well on freeze. Really? shad. Yep. Wow, that's different. Now, do
0: you put them in like a Ziploc baggie or something?
2: Yep, throw them in a Ziploc baggie and let them sit in there all winter. And uh, we get real big shad kills during the winter. It freezes up here solid and our water's not deep. Yeah. And if you're throwing. I don't think the freeze. The freeze. I, Say that again, Lionel, I just lost you.
0: I said, I don't believe the, the shad kill was as bad this year over in Missouri as it was in previous years.
2: The, the days that we go out when the ice first comes out and there's a lot of dead shad up on the banks and stuff from the winter pill, I swear we have better luck with freezer burnt shad than what we do with stuff that's pretty fresh.
0: Well, I've had tournaments in the spring – when bait was hard to get and I'd take frozen shad that we had in the freezer and we'd do good in the tournament and guys say well, what was used for I and froze shad and they they never believe you
2: no uh,
0: and, and there was a time or t- there was a time or two that i told them that that i did have fresh shad but i did do good a few times and told them that and they didn't believe me anyhow so you might as well tell them that every
2: time <laughs> <laughs> remind me not to use right? your advice okay
0: <laughs> well, you know what I mean, if they don't believe you then you might as well just keep telling because <laughs> they're not going to believe anything you say anyhow, but uh, especially if they didn't catch nothing you do. I know when when I go to them tournaments early in the spring, February, March and and somebody comes in with a a big basket of fish and I got little bitty ones, you know, we get to talk and they say, "Well, I'm I'm catching these on skipjack or I set off and got some special bait." Why most of the guys that I fish with, if they come up with something off the wall, I know it's pretty much off the wall, and they know it when somebody else says it too. So it kind of works out. Brad Durick is with us again tonight. He said he keeps old sucker and golden eye over the winter so that it gets nasty for spring cold water. He says it's far superior to fresh bait early in the year. That is basically right in line with what you're saying, Jason.
2: Yeah, Brad and I planned that. I had to pay him to say Did that. you now? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I would expect uh, uh, Chris Workman to tell me that because him and Brad are pretty good buddies, but I really didn't expect that
2: out of you. <laughs> <laughs> I've never met the man. I've just watched all his Facebook posts for a long time and get jealous of watching guys catch channel cats that are 25 and 26 pounds.
0: <laughs> well, you know, Brad puts a lot of great chow cat in the boat and he's got a great fishery to fish up there uh, and we talked about this a little last week I've been up there and it's a wonderful time and we was talking about uh, the Red River before uh, the show started, and and all the boats that take off in that tournament they have up there. It's freaking believable. And look, unless you're there, you can't imagine all them boats on that little old river, going up through there. And then boys, them big boats they just I mean they all but run over you. And and it's a lot of fun. But uh, it's an all night drive. We left at seven o'clock in the at night, and I got there just about seven o'clock the next morning. Drove all night, and uh, I, I will tell you boys this: if you go up there from where we're at. Uh, every time you go by a gas station, you better fill up because it might be four or five hours before you see another one open at night. They're just at that place is locked up in the winter at, at nighttime. When you're going up north uh, early in the year, I don't know what it is through the summer, but uh, there was a time or two when we fill up. And before we got to the next open station, I thought we would run out of gas. So, uh, you know, that's uh, something to bear in mind. Brad says the wow. shotgun start went away last year. When I was up there, I didn't have a shotgun start. They was releasing them 10 at a time, but still 10 big boats going up that little river was a lot of a whack, but it is a great time and a lot of a lot of good fishing up there, man. It was awesome. We had a really good time. We stayed up there three or four days, and and uh, it, it's just a long trip. Uh, even when we left here, it was like 70 or 75 degrees, and we got up there, it was 35 or 40, so it's a completely different deal. Uh that far north, but a uh, great place to go fishing. If you guys want to catch some giant channel cat, call old Brad up, run up there and get on that red river and put some good fish in the boat. I know he'll be glad to take care of you, Doc. What else you got for uh winter time stuff?
1: Well, I'm interested in uh, asking Jason, how do you uh, how do you mainly fish in the winter time? Uh, you know, I i fish a lot under a bobber, uh, and uh. I'll I'll do dead sticking, which is, you know, just pull straight out from the water, and just have them ticking along the bottom. Generally, I'm moving re- as slow as I can go, but I do like to, if the wind is blowing really, really hard, I I pick on a bank that that wind is blowing into, and, I, you know, I'll throw one out on the bottom, and then I'll put a bobber, uh, one underneath of a bobber, but how do you guys do it up there?
2: we well, see where we're fishing up here, when we're fishing the reservoirs in the cold water, uh, the lakes that we're fishing, they, they have one channel. I mean, down the middle, you may see 25 to 30 feet of water. is going to be deep water, and on either side of it is 12, 15 feet. And we'll anchor down a lot during the winter. During the summer, we don't throw an anchor, ever. We'll right. get out there, and we'll anchor down, and then we'll turn around, and we actually cast those ledges most of the fish that we find come off mud bottom we rarely catch them out of the rocks during winter right it's always soft bottom and small baits small hooks i mean heath is a master of throwing big baits and he's a big believer in big baits big fish and he shows me up quite a bit but we catch more fish on smaller baits a lot of times we'll even throw shad guy you know, relatively small pieces of shad guy but moving there's no wind blocks up here, I mean we're in flat land. Yeah. And, you know, if, you a, if you get a little bit of wind, the boat's moving too fast for the cold water. I mean it seems like you have to keep it well below a mile an hour, You know maybe a half or less. And that's hard for us to do a lot of times during the winter up here. Yeah. So we will anchor down a lot. Um, a lot of fish will come off a of suspended bait. We'll drop it down, let it hit the bottom, reel it up twice, and let it sit. And, just barely moving we're not getting big hits you know it's right. fast action there's a lot of fish caught in cooler water but we don't have real aggressive fish in cool water up here yeah that's right. deep well, doc i got good
0: i have a uh a, a something that i do if we're moving, uh, drifting, uh, whether it be uh, suspended drifting or whatever it is in the wintertime, I usually turn the trolling motor down to the lowest setting that it will do and then turn it on and shut it off and turn it on and shut it off. And I don't, I'll let the boat move until it just about stops before I hit it the next time. And, that, and the boat constantly is moving, but it's, that's as slow as I can make it go. It's slower than the boat will go uh, with the trolling motor on the lowest setting because you're shutting it on and off. And, and just before you think it stopped, and I'll turn it on for just a second and let it take off again, you still move, but it's as slow as I can figure a way to run the motor and not go too fast and it doesn't always yeah. work, but that's, that's how I do it, and, uh, I, that's the best way I've figured to do it, and still move, uh, and, and not have to go faster than I think the fish are able to keep up with.
1: Yeah, another thing I do is I, you know, I'll flip that boat sideways if there's a little bit of wind, you know, I got a 24-foot boat, and I'll put out two big 54-inch socks, one on the front, one on the rear, and, uh, you know generally that'll just putting that drag out there is enough to lower that boat speed down to point one, point two mile an hour even with good wind
0: and i think point one, point two is where you need to be or less uh yeah a day when when the wind is just barely to me, would be the greatest thing in the world. And if it's just faster than that, that I can see where those drift stocks would be awesome.
1: Yeah, they definitely slow it down. Uh, it'll make your trolling motor work a little bit harder, but you know, it, it definitely slows the boat down a lot.
0: Well, you know, Everything works different in the wintertime than it does the summertime. You know when the yeah. well, when the temperatures up and everything, the 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 trolling motor batteries will probably last what uh, half again as long than it will yeah. in the wintertime because it just cold weather drains drains batteries. You know, and, yeah. and I know everybody's got the biggest batteries that they can can utilize, but they still will go dead faster in the winter than they will the summertime. Right and uh, you know flashlight batteries boat batteries car batteries it don't make any difference batteries is batteries a battery but uh, you know you're not you're not out there to set speed records I mean you're trying to catch fish and they're not moving as fast so you need to make it as easy for them to get that bait as you possibly can
1: yeah now you know and I do kind of do the same thing Jason said where he finds them on those edges and then I'll anchor down but I, I, I don't drop that rear anchor uh, just uh, you know, even if I'm on the river and stuff like that, then I'll I'll stick in big bags out there, and that'll act as my anchors. I need you know the boat won't sway even. when is that in a current situation? There. No, no. Even on a wind. Is that situation. in a current?
0: Okay, that's just current.
1: Wind. Yeah, current and wind. I'll do that on the. And a, if I'm fishing a river and I anchor down, I'll always stick a drift bag out the back just to keep from dropping a a rear anchor i do not like a rear anchor on the boat
0: yeah i'm not too wild about it either of course i don't want to pull but one yeah (laughs) when it comes time to leave i don't want to be pulling up two or three anchors but uh you know that's uh that that drift sock does does the wind keep the sock up or how what keeps it from sinking
1: the, yeah, the wind it the wind wind creates current for it. The sock has a the ones that I use are are beefy bags. Uh, they're made by the Amish uh, Drift Company, and uh, they have they're just kind of like natural buoyancy. They stay up. They don't ever sink. You know, they're right up near that surface. And then I've got awesome. I've, awesome. I've got you know there's a big uh, styrofoam uh float on the front of it and that you know that keeps that top of that bag up in the in the column so
0: so the wind can actually get to it and push against the, the yeah. bag yeah i can see how that would work i can see how that would work so jason definitely helped with current oh absolutely they work great in current
1: yeah yeah and for years you know we used buckets and the buckets are good if you got a small boat, but if you got a big boat like I've got, well, you got to have something big on the back to—that's right, you know, just to tighten it up.
0: Yep, that's hundred percent correct. Those buckets on a small boat, sixteen foot or something like that, they do alright. Yeah, all they work right. great. Yeah, but when you get past and, and they're another place you can throw more crap into too. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, when you get a big boat, they won't—they won't hold you. Even two of them won't hold you. No. Won't do it. but the biggest. What time do you guys stop? Them, Go
1: ahead. The biggest, the biggest secret on them bags is that, you know you want water flowing through them. You know they won't do the job if you don't have water flowing through them. So, in the same way if you're using a bucket, you know, years ago I built that bucket anchor that I have on my website and it's got all the holes. I found out I put the holes in it. Man, that thing worked great after I put holes in it.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, I think everybody that ever seen your website probably built one of those.
1: Yeah, I've seen a lot of that. My light <laughs> poles. They were. Yeah, they like yeah. the light poles. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: what time of the year do you guys start? As a general rule, stop stop seeing flatheads being caught. Uh,
1: about forty degree water somewhere about 45, 40 degrees. I just don't hardly see him after that.
2: Yeah, I got to kind of yeah. agree with that. Except for Heath always seems to luck into one, you know, the last trip out of the year. He
0: yeah, Heath sometimes I think, I think he slips him a 20 or something just to get on his line.
2: <laughs> yeah, 20 won't get it, but yeah, he does.
0: <laughs> but he does. He rides one late. I have to t- say that you're right. I'd say somewhere around the 40-degree mark is probably probably right. But I would say uh, late fall, early spring is, for me anyhow, the best time to try to catch flathead on cut bait. Not that you can't catch them anytime time. Right. But it seems like they're a lot more aggressive right before they go dormant and right when they come off of their dormant period. And if there's – if, if they're around it, they're eating it at those two times.
1: Yeah. That's why I still, you know, I, I put at least one live bait out there. Just yeah, for the I, fact, uh, you know, they I, chase live
0: bait, so. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, you know this this is a great time to be fishing. There's there's a lot of good fish that's being caught right now, and this will go on all winter. People a lot of people think just because it's too cold for them to go out fishing that the fish are not biting, but blues and channel cat bite oh, year yeah. round. And yeah. wherever wherever the water temperature stays warm, uh, Texas, Alabama, Mississippi, Florida, places like that, they catch flatheads uh, and blues year round down there. Uh, they always catch the channel cat and blues, but uh, the flatheads, unless the water temperature gets cold, they they'll still eat them. Them guys are gonna—they're not going to—if they're moving, they're going to be eating.
1: Yeah, and if you we just don't warm, have to be
0: lucky enough to have that.
1: If you have a, a hot water discharge in a lake, that'll even change things immensely for you.
0: Absolutely, it makes bait easy to get by too. Yeah. I, uh i i like to find a warm water discharge whether it be on a lake or on a river if i can find a warm water discharge i can usually get bait uh out of those places uh any time of the year but especially in the winter time they'll, they'll be stacked in there almost always with well, you saying
2: that if you're down say the ohio river and, and Doc knows all about the ohio river but if you got down there on a hot water discharge in january how close to that discharge would you fish?
1: And I don't generally, the bait's right up in the mouth of it, but... Well, if I can find a piece of structure coming right off of it, you know, I'll I'll go there, but generally on the Ohio, the first deep hole that I find is generally that's where the fish are at. But we don't have it too many of them. There's one on the Meldol pool <coughs> um, and, you know, they shut down the power plants. I always used to fish down Tanner's Creek. And you always had that discharge down there. There's a little small one that comes, I think, comes off the Seagram's plant. Uh, right there at, at the mouth of Tanner's. There's always bait in there. But we, we would always go just down below Tanner's Creek. And fish in that deep water down in there during the wintertime. I spent a lot of time. A lot of years down in that area fishing that 40, 50 foot of water down in there.
2: And how close are you on the bottom in the wintertime fishing that 40 50 foot?
1: I'm right, on the, yeah, You're I'm right anch- on the bottom. Yeah, I'm anchored up on the river. I'm anchored up and fishing dead on the bottom.
0: It's good to know you know you was talking about first deep hole past that thing, and i and I agree with that a lot of times that's where they're at and My feelings about that is those fish are laying in that hole resting, and when they want something to eat, they run up there to that discharge, grab a tooth, and then they go right back to that hole and they sit there again and If you can fish either at the head of that or they come up out of there or just past the front of it, you'll catch fish,
1: yeah. You see, the government's put so much uh, limits on how much warm water you're allowed to discharge into the Ohio River. So, you know, and they've sh- pretty much shut down most of the coal producing places. And, uh, you know, those are the places where, you know, we always got our bait and that, you know, we caught the fish.
0: Right. Exactly. You know, and, and I think that, uh, I'm hoping our newly elected president will open up some of that to where it's easier for these cold places to get back online and get back to track and get people back to work you know that's that's the whole idea behind all this, so hopefully that'll take place. but uh I understand that when cold uh producing plants or whatever you call them cold mines, if they have a hot water discharge, they're hot water year round and a lot of it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We don't. We have some. We have some around here, but they're so deep uh up north, Missouri, where they go after that, they go way down deep to get that coal. And I understand that it's not so as bad out out your way, and and they're it's a little easier for them to to dig down, and come back. But uh, I'm I'm excited about seeing all these guys go back to work. So I think it's going to be a wonderful thing for our country.
2: And I believe
1: what what is it Wheeler Lake? Don't they have some in that some of that discharge, some of those discharge on Wheeler Lake? In, aren't those hot water or something coming I off think, a uh, new, Some of them. I think a new plant coming off a new plant below Watts Bar. I know there's one below yeah. Watts Bar.
0: Yeah, they're pretty warm. Uh, I don't know how many of them, but there's there's several throughout that area, uh, not necessarily on Wheeler, but in that uh, general area on Tennessee yeah. River that have warm water discharge and, and i'm betting any of those places you can go to uh and, and just get all the bait you want i know uh, it's like the steam plant in the winter time you go down steam plant catch all skipjack you yeah. want and there's you i've been down there when you couldn't catch skipjack because every time you reeled your line back in your sabiki rigs is full of shad that you yeah. jabbed in the back coming back in and,
1: and that is amazing that is a good point you know uh When you bring up the Cumberland River, you know, for years we've been down there getting bait and stuff like that. We come out of that that discharge, and generally that's what we do. We go down to the first deep hole we can find. If it's in that turn where them cliffs are at. Right. And that's that's where we're catching our fish. Yep.
0: Yep. There's been some talk, Doc, of of having another one of them skipjack parties down there. Uh, I know two or three guys have have asked about that, and and uh, it's it's a sure a lot of fun. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's
1: hey, a good yeah, time. That's, yeah, we had a good time. I don't want to take Josh now. He broke my neck.
0: <laughs> I bet he wears a ten or twelve size shoe on him.
1: No, he's. I think he's uh, wearing about a size sixteen. <laughs> He was here the other night, and, man, I looked down at his feet, and I said, well, you got my feet, don't you? And he goes, yeah.
0: <laughs> Just a pair of water skis on him, huh?
1: Man, he got some big feet on him. He's a big boy.
0: <laughs> yes, he is. Yes, he is. It sure was fun with him down there that year. Yeah. Sure. It was awesome. It was a good time. There was a lot, of, a lot of good people was down there that year, and some of them not with us anymore, but that's how life goes. But uh, Yeah. Uh we'll all miss Jim Stanberry for years to come. He was a great oh, guy yeah. and he loved going on them skippy trips and he just, he had a great time. And, oh, there were, there was, I don't know how many was down there, but we put a lot of people in that motel, Big Dave Pudding, and Puddin' and that buddy of come over there. We just, uh, it was a lot oh, of fun. I
1: had Chris and JD down there. Oh, yeah. I mean, yep. there was a
0: bunch of us. I remember Chris and JD packed that big old double headed, uh, heater down there by them and set it up on the concrete sidewalk and everybody was going up there and warming up because it was so cold yeah and it was cold oh man yeah them, them, them times may or may not be gone but it was a lot of fun and some great memory that's the first time uh, i ever had a picture taken with harold dodd i was so proud of that and when my computer crashed i lost it and i've been sick ever since uh Harold Dodd's one – you know, a lot of people don't know Harold, never heard of him because he hasn't been in the public view in, in a few years. But Harold Dodd's one of the greatest fishermen that ever fished for
1: catfish. Yep, my buddy.
0: Yep. He's he's an outstanding guy and, and so knowledgeable. Uh, the The year that the uh, 200-pound fish was caught in the Bass Pro Shop tournaments down there, he caught one of them. Uh, Phil King caught the other in, uh, one day apart. And that was uh, – Harold Dodd is, is just an amazing guy, and I've visited with him a lot, built a lot of rods for him over the years. And uh, I, I thought he retired, but uh, they keep calling him back, so I don't know if he'll ever quit or not, but he's he's a guy that if you ever meet, you'll never forget him. Jason, what do you guys got planned for the rest of the winter? Are you going to hunt all through there, or are you and Heath going to get back out and start making some fishing videos?
2: Well, I think we'll do some fishing. I'm still chasing the deer. he's got his buck tag filled, but I don't, so. (laughs) I'm still trying to fill that tag.
0: Filling the deer tags is sort of like catching the fish out of the boat, isn't it?
2: Sometimes. He gets
0: yours and leaves you hanging? (laughs) Sometimes.
2: So, uh, yeah, we're going to turn around, and I'm sure we'll get back out. I mean, we've been known to be out there when it's snowing, and uh, have been out there until just before the ice comes on, and. Uh, and we've got a ways to go before that happens.
0: Yeah, especially if it we keep up with this warm. You know, if it stays like this, uh, uh, the majority of the winter, we don't have a whole lot of cold weather. There'll be people fishing year-round. And, and that'd be so great because there's so many years, uh, the end of October, 1st of November, we're, you know, it's stuff starts icing up and you can't get out and do any of it. But this year is one of the great years where it hadn't been so bad. And, and 50, 60 degrees, once that more initial blast from the morning's over, that's not too bad. You go out there and have a good time for several hours and come back in before dark. Cause that's when it, that's when it starts getting cold, Drop right before dark and, and have a, have a great day on the water.
2: Absolutely. That's what it's all about.
0: Yep. Yep. It sure is. Well, Jason, I, you know, we appreciate you you stepping in here and, and, and filling in for Chuck tonight. It was great having you on the show. If there's anything that you would like to discuss or talk about or anybody you'd like to thank, or if you just want to poke fun at Heath, that's fine. I give you all the time in the world you, you want to do it.
2: Well, we're talking about cold water. And I wish I could put the video up here of Heath dancing in front of the boat. I've seen that. I know you've seen it. Everybody's <laughs> seen the video. But it was only about 30 degrees that day, and he's out there doing his jig. <laughs> if there was a way I could get it posted up here, I would do it in a heartbeat. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, I'll leave it alone. So... I want to hoard up the show, you know, taking sponsors and stuff, but so I won't do that. But I, you got to give him a hard time. And if you haven't Absolutely. seen the video, if you haven't seen the jig video, I'm sure it's stuck on YouTube somewhere. It's still on the Indiana. Hey, you know somewhere. what?
0: What you might do, uh, just just to show him that you're a good sport, is post that on the Catfish Weekly. Oh, Facebook Lord. page. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's pretty funny and everybody get a kick out of it. He probably likes to see it on there too.
2: Yep, yeah, I think it actually snowed on us that day. So it was cold. That <laughs> much I guarantee you. Cold went to his well, brain I know
0: brain. I know you guys had had a great time that day and, and you all have a good time most every time you're out, less less he breaks one of your fishing rods but, uh, yeah, you know, I you. I miss,
2: miss a big fish and don't bring
0: a net. So. Hey, yeah. And don't reach down and grab. I mean, I've heard all these stories and they're all great and I love them all, but, uh, we're looking forward to getting together with you guys and doing some more fishing this year and doing some stuff and it'll be a lot of fun. Absolutely. We'll look forward to it guys. You bet. Doc, what do you got for closing statements and uh tip of the week for the night?
1: Well, no closing statements other than I'm going to try to get out this weekend. Hopefully fish, catch another 21-pounder or bigger. Looking forward to that. Uh, Doc's tip for the night, uh, I've got two of them. They're just kind of, they go hand in hand with the water that's getting cold. Uh, You drop that boat in the water, let that engine warm up. Don't be putting it up in full throttle. Let that engine warm up before you ever put in the full throttle and uh, then once you pull that boat let that engine drain tilt that engine down let all that water out I know some of the guys will start their engines up just to make sure that the water is out of it I don't have to do that with my Suzuki it drains real good but it takes a while for it to drain out so you know I'll spend uh at least ten minutes I'm you know, I leave the motor tilted down and strap it up and make sure everything is uh uh strapped up on the boat. And then I the last thing I do is I tilt that motor up and uh get it ready to go down the road. So that's Doc's tip for the night.
0: That's a great tip and, and doc I'm I'm gonna add something to that. Uh a lot of these, especially older boat motors that people have if they've been tipped up for a month or so and you got some cold weather coming, go out there and lower that thing and let that water, that rainwater and stuff run out of that so it don't freeze up and break that lower unit. A lot of a lot of the newer motors, they drain pretty good. Uh, but it won't all get out, and if it's been raining in your area and your boat motor's been sitting there tilted up for a while, go out there and let it down, get all that water out of there if you're not going to be taking it to the lake or something, because it doesn't take a whole lot of water in the bottom of that lower unit for it to freeze solid and crack that case, and you're done. Yeah, Uh, it 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 expands quick. It sure does, and that stuff's not rock solid. I mean, it's I don't know what it's made out of. It's some kind of alloy, but... Uh, they're tough but they're not that tough and uh, lower units are very expensive. It only takes a few minutes uh, to get all that stuff done. so uh, that's a great tip for the night. I don't have anything going on. Uh, I know there's a tournament somewhere up I believe on the Missouri River this weekend. Nobody sent me any information of it. I just seen it up there. I think it's just kind of like a after Thanksgiving Day tournament. Uh, not sure. Matt Sanders may or may not have something to do with that. Uh, you guys, if you got stuff like that, you want to get the word out. Be sure and get a hold of one of us and let us know. And we'll try to make that happen for you. Uh, I don't have anything uh, other than that that I know of is going on. I want everybody that's going to be traveling this uh, holiday weekend to be safe and. Uh, you know you don't have to worry about your driving skills or anything it's the other people out there that don't pay any attention that you have to worry about and we'd like to thank jason for helping us out tonight on catfish weekly we'll surely get chuck back in here next week i know after being gone a week he'll be wound up and we'll have all kinds of stuff to talk about so have a great holiday everybody we'll see you next week
2: on catfish weekly